today on The Independent Paradox. Let's take a look at what is probably the most hot-button topic in America today, race. This was going to be a discussion on what a Joe Biden presidency would look like based on what his stated policies and plans are. But when I started preparing for this, I, I wanted to cover race in the discussion and it just turned into a much longer talking point than I had originally anticipated. So this is just going to be about this one highly touchy subject. Let's take a look at some of what Joe Biden has said, some of his policies, and see if we can figure out where he really stands on equality. So, race and equality. You're going to have to bear with me just a little as I tell you a bit of my personal story to add some perspective as to why I feel I the way that I do about how Joe Biden treats race relations. And yes, I am a white man in America that's going to be talking about race. And yes, I do think my perspective counts. Also look at this from a, a more personal view to the fact I, I am raising two black children that we adopted from Ethiopia. They were not adopted as babies. Both were teenagers. So we get a bit of a different perspective from them based on their own experiences here and experiences they had where they were born. They didn't even know what racism was until they'd been here for a while. Never heard the term, and to be fair, didn't know our country's history. Did it bother them to hear the, the ups and downs this country has been through in regards to how different races treat each other? Of course it did. In Ethiopia, as I guess the case is in most every other African country, there there's really not racism. It's tribalism or culturalism or classism or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But it, it all has the same effect. One group of people looking down and treating another group differently based on some characteristic. I do not believe there is systemic racism in this country. I do believe classism is a problem. And this leads me back to where I believe Joe Biden would damage race relations by worrying about what color we are and not focusing on what really matters. The one thing my son has had a hard time with is the notion that some people think he is owed something based on the fact that he's black. Joe Biden and the Democratic Party continue to want to tell my children and all people of color that they're not good enough, that they need more help than a white person, and that they need a white person to help them make something out of themselves. No matter how hard I try, they will, and I'm sorry, no matter how hard they try, they will never get ahead. Why would I want my children believing this lie? Does he not realize the damage he does to the next generation and the generations after that by making them think they need some old white man's help or handouts or they're never going to be anything? I guess his statement saying the black community isn't diverse and doesn't have a lot of different attitudes tell me how he really feels that all blacks are the same. So they all need help and handouts. They just can't do it on their own. I mean, my daughter has been told at school by, by other kids there that she just, she isn't black enough. I guess because she is being raised by a white family that she doesn't always talk or act or dress like most of the other black children in her school. How is a black child telling another black child that she's not black enough how is that not racist in itself? 
because they are black. I, I don't agree that because someone else is black means that they're not being racist. I just don't agree with that. Of course, some of her taste and clothes and music, they've been shaped by her family. They've been shaped by other friends. But that doesn't make her any less black. And, and then to see Joe Biden sharing the same attitude, telling the black community that if, if you don't vote for him, then, then you ain't black. That's the same thing my daughter is, is hearing and experiencing in school. And now she's going to hear it coming from some old white man that she has to do certain things or act certain ways to qualify as being black. The conversation that I have most often with all of my children is that life is going to throw some pretty difficult situations at you. doesn't matter if you're black or white, American, Asian, or African. There's going to be crap that you have to deal with. Do I think my black children are going to have obstacles to overcome that my white children don't? Yes, most likely. Do I think it's systemic racism in America? Absolutely not. Do I think there are schools and employers and people in our country that look at others differently based on color of skin? Of course there are. Of course racism exists, but it's not systemic. As far as I'm concerned, I hope the Democratic Party responsible for the tensioned race relations. When you're out there telling black people that they will never get ahead based on the color of their skin, that they're always going to need extra help, and, and they need a different set of test scores to get into a school than, than a white child does, you aren't just telling black kids that they aren't smart enough or good enough. You're putting that into the heads of college admissions counselors and employers too. The only thing being used to create systemic racism in America is democratic propaganda to try to get votes from a group of people that they don't believe are smart enough to make the same grades and test scores and do the same jobs as their white counterparts without having help. I'm all for creating opportunities for people that are in a position where it's harder to find those opportunities, whether it be for education or job training. I just don't believe that those opportunities should be given based on race. It's difficult to almost impossible to break the cycle of generational poverty. If your grandparents were poor with little opportunities, then most likely your parents were poor and most likely you're having some of the same problems. But that's not due to systemic racism. It does not matter the color of your skin. That applies to everyone. That's the systemic problem in America that we can deal with. Trying to fix it by giving one race priority over another will only increase tensions and widen the divide between races. Jobs and training for those jobs or the opportunity for an education, that's what's going to break the cycle of poverty in families. But even with expanding and creating equal opportunities for everyone, this is the big thing. There has to be change happen in families. We have to be a country of strong, supportive families. And this is, this is where I get way off track. And the main issue I have with the Black Lives Matter organization. And before we get on this off on this wild thing of anyone accusing me of being a racist because I don't say the words Black Lives Matter. Just a reminder, for me, this isn't about race. Yes, I think minority families are more disproportionately affected by lower incomes and lack of opportunities, but it's, it's not because they are black in a systemically racist nation. This is a generational problem that isn't going to be fixed in four years or eight years or even in a single generation. So that being said, Black Lives Matter 
has clearly stated that they don't believe in the nuclear family. This I have a hard time with. In 1950, married couples made up 93% of all families with children under age 18. In 2016, it's down to 68, it was down to 68%. Those unmarried with children under 18 households are disproportionately black and almost always a single mother. The rise in single-family black households reflects the rise in crime and poverty. There is a disproportionate number of homicides committed by non-whites versus whites. This isn't all just a coincidence. We have a problem in society, and it's not race. We have to stop confusing race for poverty and inequality. It doesn't matter if you are black or white when you're poor. You need opportunities, not handouts. And it's going to take generations being provided opportunities to break that cycle. Now, will there ever be a solution to inequality and and poverty in America? Honestly, I don't think there ever will be. History has told us that. Socialism, poverty, communism, there's poverty. In a monarchy, there was poverty. Theocracies, there's poverty. Democracies, poverty. It's all been done. So why is there always poverty? It's not because of race. It's always been classism. Does classism throughout the course of history at times affect one race more than another? Yes. Will giving a handout to that race fix the problem? No. It will only create a larger divide, even between people that would be considered to be in the same class, poor whites, poor blacks. Poor whites and poor blacks share the the commonality of the struggle to get ahead. Can you imagine policies being put into place that would give poor black people in or unequal opportunities over poor white people? It would only create even more of a racial divide. I know the argument is that poor white people still have their whiteness to fall back on. But try to tell that to a poor white family that has gone through generation after generation of poverty that if they just will go out and use their whiteness, they will get ahead. That's the message that the Democratic Party and the Black Lives Matter organization wants you to believe. Another issue I have with Biden's plan as it relates to races is housing. He likes to talk about how he's going to end redlining and discriminatory housing practices, all of which are already illegal. He wants the government to not only control our health care, but also to control our housing as well. He wants to force appraisers to value a property the same that is located in an underperforming school district, the same as a home located in one of the top performing school districts. Again, home values aren't a result of race. Fix the underperforming schools which starts with families taking responsibility for their kids going to school and doing their homework. Fix that, and you're going to fix property values. Most families want to live in a top-performing school district, but supply is limited, and that drives up housing prices. This is not a problem you can fix with legislation. Once schools start performing better, the school district will become more attractive, and families will desire to live in those areas. That's what's going to increase property values. The government cannot regulate home values. This is a free market. We, the buyers and sellers, determine home values. 
if I'm willing to pay a certain price for a home and a seller is willing to sell that home for that price, then we agree on what the home is worth. Again, it's a free market. He also wants to invest in public housing units. I'm assuming he hasn't spent much time in public housing and doesn't realize that just creating more public housing or government subsidized housing or free housing or or whatever he decides that he's going to do is going to work completely against his idea of reducing the racial wealth gap. The last couple of things I'll say on housing. I do think in some areas of the country that redlining and steering, by definition, they do happen. I don't agree that those practices are always done with ill intent that he wants to seem to suggest, you know, based on race. However, banks are publicly held companies that are responsible to their shareholders to make as much money as possible. They cannot be forced to make loans that they consider bad investments just because a person of a certain race wants a loan in a certain area. And there is some law or quota that these banks have to meet. This is what part of Biden's plan would would seem to want to enforce. He wants to make it easier to go after lenders and accuse them of discriminatory lending practices. If there's a practice happening, of course, that is discriminatory, then yeah, definitely go after them. Enforce the laws we have. But again, this, this is all going to start with improving the family, improving the schools. That's going to improve neighborhood values. And that's going to give the incentive for banks to invest in those areas. And as for steering, yes, that does happen as well. There is some unconscious bias at work there, which I believe we all have. We're all, in fact, not perfect. But there's also the practice of real estate agents finding homes for their buyers in areas that they want to live in that they can afford. Steering does happen, but it's not always with bad intent. And fact of the matter is it's, in a lot of cases, at the request of the person looking for the house. Fact of the matter, no matter the color of your skin or where you are from, we all have a desire to be around people that share the same interest, culture, language, likes and dislikes. We generally steer ourselves into neighborhoods that we want to live in. I'm not saying everyone in that way, but in a large part, I mean, that's just, that's human nature. I live in what I consider a very diverse neighborhood, and I like it that way. But you cannot force people to live together if they don't want to be together. These are, these are the main reasons I believe that if, if we just look at the principles this country was founded on and try to follow those principles, the country will be better. Treat everyone equal. Give everyone the same opportunities. The truth is, most of us, we're going to squander those opportunities. I mean, all you've got to do is look at the rate at which professional athletes go broke. And, and how a athlete with a $150 million contract doesn't break the poverty cycle in the generations of their families. We all have free will, and in this country, we have the freedom to make whatever choices we want. That quite often leads to bad choices. We can't blame the system for the choices we make. Yes, at times the system might make it easier and more convenient to make a bad choice, but an easy choice is rarely the right choice. We just need to create opportunities for individuals to be able to make a choice for their futures. 
And if they make the wrong choice, if they make a bad choice, that's not on the system. That's on the person. One stance that I have to admit that Biden has taken that has seemed to remain mostly unchanged is his view on reparations. He told a Delaware newspaper in 1975, and this, this is a quote, I do not buy the concept popular in the 60s, which said, we have suppressed the black man for 300 years and the white man is now far ahead in the race for everything our society offers. In order to even the score, we must now give the black man a head start or even hold the white man back to even the race. I don't buy that, he added. I don't re- feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Again, that's a quote from Joe Biden in 1975. I, I think some of the programs that he wants to put in place today count as reparations. Really, any program that gives an advantage to any race and you say that's program is because of something that may or may not have happened to their ancestors 10 or 100 years ago. I mean, that's reparations. Again, I believe all policies, all laws should treat everyone in this country equal, no matter where they're from, the color of their skin, their culture, doesn't matter. Everyone should be treated equal. And you can, you can call me out on this one if you want. Because I, I know one of the Republican talking points is that um, Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a racist. Now, I don't see really any true evidence that she directly called him a racist. But she did clearly point out that his policies, speeches, people he has supported align with what she considers to be racist policies. If segregation is racist and he has supported any policy that keeps that in place or has not supported a policy that helps to integrate, then what does that say about who he really is, how he really feels? So what is Joe Biden's real stance on race? Well, what do you as a voter need it to be? He doesn't mind changing his mind for your vote. As I said in my follow-up to the final debate, I just simply don't believe him. I don't feel he is sincere or honest. If all of his policies on employment, housing, inequality were worded as specifically saying he's going to do these things for black and Hispanic people, you know, that's kind of pandering for votes. To me, these are just talking points to get those votes. All of those policies should be for the benefit of all people, not just people of color. But if you go to his website and you you read about employment and housing and equality, he's not talking about everyone. I mean he's 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 looking for specific votes. It's it's funny how in the last debate he said he doesn't see red or blue states. But obviously he sees black, brown and white, but only as votes that he needs. So don't fall into that trap that he and other Democrats have been laying out for decades. Ever since Democrat Lyndon Johnson started his war on poverty in 1964, nothing has truly been done to create opportunities to break the cycle of generational poverty. 
The programs put in place then and continue to be added to and proposed now by the Democratic Party have continued to contribute to generational poverty. Back to something I said earlier about creating opportunities with job and training. There has been little, just very little participation over those decades since the war on poverty started. Just been very little participation in those programs. That, that is why I say there has to be a fundamental change in families. No program, no legislation will ever work if the people that needs those programs aren't participating. But, sorry, back, back to where I was headed. You as the voter have to decide for yourself if you think his heart is right and aligns with the words coming out of his mouth. And do those words coming out of his mouth align with his history of votes and policies that he supported? So, back to, back to how this all started. My black children are going to know, the same as my white children, that no one owes them anything that they're going to have to work hard for everything that they want to get out of this life. They are also going to know that sometimes, no matter what you do, whether you're black or white, or how hard you try, things aren't always going to go your way. But that they can put themselves in a, in a position that's going to help their chances. They're going to know to respect authority, no matter black, brown, or white. You don't have to be black enough or white enough. They're going to know that if you hang around with people or groups that are making bad choices, that they're more likely to make a bad choice. Surround yourself with positive influences. If you're around bad people doing bad things, then something bad is much more likely to happen. Choose your friends wisely. Make good decisions. Go to college if you want. If you don't want to go to college, I'm fine with that. But then get the training so that you can, you can be employed and earn a good living. Put God and family first. Be there for your family. Be there for your friends and your community. And then you know what? Pass on those attributes, traits, worth ethics, and beliefs to your children and encourage them to pass them on to their children. That's what is going to make a family strong for generations.